Welcome to Taking the High Road, a Driver Reach and Freight Waves production. I'm your host, Jeremy Raymer, founder and CEO of Driver Reach, a modern recruiting and compliance software solution. On this show, I interview industry experts and thought leaders who bring their insights to the driver lifecycle as we discuss the industry's greatest challenges, driver recruiting, retention, and compliance. I appreciate all the positive feedback on the show. Please remember to rate and review Taking the High Road, whatever platform you use to listen. This week, it's my honor to host a passionate and engaging next-generation executive, Ashley Cordish, CEO of Michigan-based Ralph Moyle, Inc. Uh, they also happen to be a driver reach customer. Ashley uh, was born and raised in the trucking industry and now heads the company her grandfather founded. And that's a great story that I can't wait to ask her about. Uh, so glad uh, to have you on the show, Ashley. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for having me. Well, I'm excited to dive into your career and, and the path to becoming the CEO of Ralph Moyle, Inc. And, and I can't wait to hear the backstory of uh, the founding of the company by your grandfather. Uh, you bring a, a refreshing and forwarding, uh, you know, forward-thinking approach to the company and, and to the industry while retaining the core values that got you here. I'm excited to unpack that, along with what you're doing to help ensure you're hiring the right drivers who are the right fit. And then lastly, I want to be sure we have enough time to answer a question from one of our listeners during our Deeper Dive segment. Does that all work for you? Sounds good. All right. Well, before we even dive in, uh, I am curious if you have any, you know, book recommendations for the audience. This is sort of uh, kind of what we do every every time to sort of break the ice. I want to know if there's anything maybe recent that you've read or something that was really impactful to you. Yeah, one of the big, uh, most impactful um, books that we actually use within our organization is Traction by Gina Wickman. So you're uh, so you're an EOS disciple then? Yes, we are. And and what does that stand for? Entrepreneurial Operating System, I think. Is, is that yes. what it is? Right. Yep. I've yep. got uh, a few of those books behind me on these bookshelves. And uh, we also um, are, are converts to the EOS model. And there are a number of books that are really fun uh, that he's written that not just traction. And there's another one. And it was, it's a business fiction book. I can't think of the name of it off the top of my head, but I read that uh, middle of last year. And that was really neat because it's like, EOS applied in like a business setting, like kind of with all the different personalities and just the way people engage and people who, you know, you're, in reading a book, you're quick to find people. You're like, oh, that person needs to be out of here. <laughs> but it's fun. It was a really fun way to read that and and embrace the EOS um, you know, model. So that's that's cool. That's that's so that's something that you embrace and it's something that's helped you at uh, at RMI, which is Ralph Moyle Inc., right? Yeah. So let's uh, let's talk about Ralph Moyle's founding. So I, I know it's a fascinating story. And in fact, you uh, you you touched on it. You are a star, by the way. <laughs> you were uh, highlighted in the early part of this year in TCA's Truckload Authority uh, magazine. And uh, it was a, it was a fascinating read to learn about you, your passion to learn about the the, the company and, the, and its founding. Could you share for the audience, you know, maybe how and and why? your grandfather started the company? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so it's actually a really cool story. Um, my grandpa was 13 years old uh, during World War II. And um, they needed they needed people to drive the trucks to take the, the harvests. And in this area, we've got a lot of grapes. And we had a local Welch's plant. And um, they needed someone to, to drive the grapes on the trucks up to the plant to get processed. And um, he, that 13-year-old boy hopped into the truck and 
he started driving and that's really what just launched his love for for the trucking industry and he really just kind of went with it from there um and then as he got older you know he went to went to college and um one of the funniest stories that we have is that he wrote an essay saying that uh, he was going to own a trucking company and it would get passed on to his two boys. Um, but he didn't have any kids yet. So, uh, yeah. And funny enough, uh, my uncle and my dad are the two boys that he ended up passing it on to. So, well, that's really cool. But a 13 year old, now that couldn't happen today. No, no. But, but but why a 13-year-old? What was going on that the 13-year-old is who they ended up having to sort of, you know, start working with? All the other men were at the war. So he was so 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 he was left and he says, Hey, I'll yep. this needs to happen. I'll do it. Yep. Well, that's a really cool story. And uh and it's it's actually quite prescient of him to say, uh, I'll leave it to my, you know, two sons, two boys. And then, you know, lo and behold, I guess you, you got to find the right woman to make sure you're having some uh, some boys. <laughs> <laughs> um, so that's really cool. And then obviously now uh, you are the CEO of the company. And that's that's been since uh, uh, March of last year. Is that is that about right? Yep. Yep. I'm just past the one year mark of this position. So it's been uh, it's been a great ride so far. I'm excited to keep going with it. Well, you you grew up in the business, right? Like, you know, what, what were, what were some of the things you remember doing as a child, you know, one, and then, and then when did you realize that, you know, working at the company was something that you really wanted to do? Yeah. So, I mean, I like, when I say I grew up in it, I like really grew up in it. Like our backyard was right next to a fuel Island where our trucks were, um, you know, pulling in and they were fueling up their trucks. So I'd be playing in my backyard and there'd be a truck fueling up, right? right on the other side of the fence. Um, so I grew up around the truck, spending time in the shop, um, following my dad around, uh, rollerblading through our warehouses. Um, and so I you know, I was around it for pretty much my whole childhood. Um, when I turned, I did some other jobs and stuff um, throughout high school, but when I turned 18, I was finally able to drive a forklift. So I um, started driving forklift for a warehouse part-time um, and that kind of just led me down the path that um, I really started getting into it a little bit more and realizing that this is what I wanted to, to get into. So then I systematically started going through every single area. I worked in our shop. Um, now you don't want me working on your trucks, but I did. I'm I'm pretty impressive at like throwing bolts across the the shop um, without meaning to. But I I worked in our shop. I worked in billing. I did scheduling and planning, um, and filled in for dispatch. And then I left for a few years during college to get some outside experience. That was very important for me to um, make sure that I went out and got um, a different perspective. And I spent some time in manufacturing. And then I came back as our operations manager and um, learned all of the spots underneath there. I was in charge of our maintenance and all of our operations and then moved up to VP of operations where I gained a couple more departments and then up to my CEO role that I have 
uh, today. And I also, when I took my CEO role, I decided to get my CDL as well. Well, now you're stealing some of my thunder from some other questions, but that's, <laughs> that's, it. that's exciting. So let's unpack that a little bit, because what was the catalyst uh, for you to, to get your CDL? So it's something that I had uh, wanted to do for a long time. My um, grandpa obviously had his CDL and um, my dad had his. My uncle wanted to get his, but due to some health issues, was unable to. But I feel that it's very important that I understand and know what my employees are going through on a day-to-day basis. And um, yeah, I'm still learning right now. I still go out with trainers here and there, um, but I'm I think it's really important for me to see what my drivers are going through and then also have a female driver perspective as well so that I can hopefully recruit more female drivers and make conditions better for them in the future. Well, and I'll I'll put a pin on that because I know there's a conversation around that because I know that's something that you're passionate about too, which I really appreciate. Um, I know that, uh, that, that RMI offers a a unique opportunity for new drivers, right? You've got your own CDL training school. You've got a finishing school. Can you tell us, you know, about how how did that start and what was the the impetus behind it? Yes, I mean, we, you know, and this is no, you know, new story. We were having a hard time getting drivers in, and um, we had been training drivers straight out of school f- for a long time. Um, so we'd already had like a really solid phase too. Um, but we were starting to, you know, notice that some of these people didn't, um, have as much training as we would like them to have coming out of a CDL program. And we thought we could do it better. So we started our own school and, um, we trained them the RMI way and they spend, they get a lot more than they would get out of a traditional school and then they move into our phase two and then eventually into a truck on their own. Well, I see that, uh, you know, maybe more often in larger fleets, but I, as I suspect that you found that this helps you, you know, properly teach, uh, yeah. properly train, you know, the right habits, you know, for Absolutely. all these new drivers. So, um, and I know that helps, I know that helps set you apart. And I would imagine that that, um, probably helps from a, from a retention standpoint and we can, we can get into uh, some some retention dialogue here in a minute, but I know that core values are are something that are important to you and important to to, to Ralph Moyle Inc. And so let's talk about that a little bit. You know, how, how important is it to you and the rest of the leadership to live and preach those core values and in, in every decision and every action? How 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 important is that to you, and how has that helped lead to improved uh, retention and and just culture in general? Yeah, so um, we've always had, you know, these like underlying core values that my grandpa and my grandmas, they grew the company um, that they had. But going back to traction, um, we just a few years ago decided that um, we really needed to hone in on our um, our core values and our direction. And so we started the, the traction journey. And uh, that's when we started uh, really identifying what our core values were. And then not just saying that those were our core values, but actually living and breathing and, and making decisions based off of those, those core values. Um, and we're still fairly new to it. So, you know, we, we mess up sometimes. We're human. But uh, it's it has actually really started to... We've been seeing trends um, in our retention of 
you know, it, it's going down. It's looking better. Uh, so I think it's working. So we're going to we're going to keep going in that direction and see how it goes. Well, and I, and I know it's not just drivers. I know just as somebody, as I shared, who also embraces that EOS model and just the concept, you know, you, you got to you have to decide who who are we? Who are we going to be? Right. And then make sure that that all of your people live up to that, that that is the standard, that that's the filter. Anytime you're hiring new people, whether it's drivers or anybody internal, you're um, this is the standard that yeah. they're going to be held accountable to. And if they're not, if this doesn't define them or something that they're going to embrace, that's okay. It's just not a good fit then. Yep. You know, that's so important. And, and it, and it just, uh, what's refreshing is when on the other side of hiring people that go through that process. And then when they communicate, Hey, everything that you said from a value standpoint, from a core value standpoint is exactly what I am seeing from everybody I'm engaging with. You can't ask for better, you know, commentary than that. Like, yeah, that feels really good when we hear comments like that. So other other than, you know, adherence to your core values, is there any other aspects of RMI that, you know, contribute to to the retention of drivers? Anything else that you're working on from that perspective? Um, you know, we're we're just really big on our our culture and our family atmosphere. Um, we, you know, our office staff, sometimes we've got kids on tablets sitting on the floor, you know, because they're, they had a half day or, or they're not feeling that well. And, um, you know, they're welcome to just come and, and hang out. I've had my kids in um, pack and plays in the corner uh, over the years. Um, and, you know, we, we do our best with our drivers. You know, if they give us a baseball schedule, um, we're going to, we're going to do our best to get them home um, and get them to those, those baseball games. Obviously, we can't do that a hundred percent of the time because it's trucking, and there's a lot of un unknowns on if they're going to run into like an accident or like a, you know, they're going to have a blown tire or something like that. But we'll we'll try our best. Um, and you know, I I make a point to to try to know every single person's name and um, and everybody in our office, you know, that they, they know all of our drivers' names. And you know, we, when I walk in, I feel like I'm with an extension of my family. And that's really important um, for us to make sure that that's the kind of atmosphere that we're, that we're providing for our employees. Well, and you mentioned uh, your kids in pack and plays. You've got two, right? A yeah. five and a three-year-old. Is that right? I do. Yeah. So you're, you're busy. I mean, that's, I know I've got, I've got three uh, that are real close. Now they're nine, 10 and 11, but you know, oh when they God. were, yeah. When they were, when they were, you know, a newborn one and two, yeah. you can imagine. And then, you know, again, and then try to run a company and, you know, there's a lot, those are a lot of challenges. And so you become kind of, to your point, more understanding and, and, and really thoughtful in terms of how uh, you allow, you know, just considerate of other people's circumstances. And it's not just kids and things like that, right? Cause you're an animal lover. Yes. So what sort of pet policies do you have? I mean, you probably draw the line at maybe farm animals, but it seems like you're pretty, uh, pretty, pretty loose or at least willing to you know, embrace animals like that was figuratively and literally. Um, yeah, you say that figuratively, but um, I have we have caught somebody with a pig. Oh, geez. Um, <laughs> and, and we do draw the line at farm animals and, um, and flying animals and iguanas. Um, but, uh, we, 
I think that our pet policy is extremely important. Um, we do allow dogs and we allow cats. Um, and we've had drivers that have had had both. Um, so, but I think like on another aspect, like it's a way for us to be able to um, help our drivers feel more comfortable. You know, if they have any sort of like a mental health issue and just having that pet with them is um, really important. Or if it's a safety thing. Yeah, you know, we had a driver, a uh, female driver that had a big old German Shepherd in the truck with her, and that just made her feel more comfortable and more safe. Um, so we we really enjoy the fact that um, that we've got you know the animals in our trucks, and I have a rule that uh, if they do have any animals in the truck, they have to bring them in so that I can love them. <laughs> awesome, uh, that's I, that just goes a long way, I think, in 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 building bridges and bonds and relationships with your with your people so that's awesome and it's obvious uh how important it is to you that you carry on your grandfather's legacy and i think that's noble and uh you're also taking the company to the next level if if time and money were no obstacle what would be your next big initiative for rmi oh man time and money were no obstacle uh i would probably acquire a company outside of the um Michigan area, and I would build a really, really big warehouse. All right, that's fair. Time and money, no obstacle. Yeah, that's the, so. It's so it's growth. That's an that's a growth acceleration opportunity there. Yep, yep. And those things are definitely on the horizon. It's just uh, you know we've got to slowly work our way there. Now, uh, attracting and retaining a diverse workforce. You know, uh, we talk about that frequently on this show. And it's something that I've been very passionate about, been a member of Women in Trucking since its founding. And I'm part of Next Gen. I'm a founding member of Next Generation in Trucking. And I'm a sponsor. Driver Reach is the sponsor of Lead ATA's uh, you know, Future Leaders Program. And it's something that I'm just, uh, I've always been a part of. I've always been passionate about. And uh, how do you think, you know, because you're, you're right there. You're smack in the middle of this. You're one of those people. You're one of those future leaders. How do you think we can attract and retain a more women and and then this especially you know gen z and millennials in the trucking industry yeah so um i am i'm actually you know i'm a member of the uh, next gen in trucking um women in trucking and um i also am in the tca uh they have an image and communications committee and i'm on a special task force for bringing in young leaders so um, I'm a big believer in um, kind of getting out there. Uh, I think that a lot of it is education. You know, the the trucking industry the last couple of years has been very prevalent in our news sources, but I think that we're slowly getting kind of forgotten again. And I don't think we can let that happen. Um, so I actually uh, spend a lot of time um, volunteering uh in schools. Um, I'll go into schools. I'll do uh, presentations about trucking industry. Um, I think that there's something important about um, seeing a young like female in front of them and saying, like, this is the trucking industry and this is why I love it. Um, I also uh, I work very closely with our local supply chain program through WMU. Um, where I'm helping create a certificate in transportation um, to get some realistic uh, viewpoints on the transportation industry and um, 
I'm going to I'm going to actually be teaching some modules uh, to the college students. But um, I think getting out there and, and getting in front of people um, is is really how we're going to bring more people into our industry. And I'm, I'm a big believer that and I'll say this when I present, like I, I can't I can't personally hire everybody as much as I would love to because I'm a smaller company. But if they go and they, um, you know, are a part of another trucking company because I inspired them to do so, like that, that's awesome. Our industry needs those bright young leaders um, coming forward and, um, you know, realizing that this is a career path with a lot of purpose and um, that it's challenging and fun. And in this, it's the backbone. It's the backbone of everything you know, of this entire country and then the world, you know, frankly. But even more than that, it's uh, I've learned, you know, this is year 20 for me in the industry. And and uh, I have built relationships with people that are la- the last a lifetime. Yeah. I mean, every one of my best friends is in the trucking industry. That's yeah. just I think that when you embrace it, I feel like it embraces you right back. I say that all the time, but it's I think it's so true. It, so, it really does. Yeah. I've been nothing but embraced um, by this industry, and um, it's it's just awesome to see the amount of support uh, that everybody's just willing to give each other. And I'm, you know, we're part of a TCA benchmarking group, their their TPP program, and that's been a huge thing for us. Like that group is like an extension of my family as well. And if we have a problem in a certain area, we just call them up and we're like, hey. I've got a problem on my trucks. Will you help us? And they do. And we do the same for them. So, um, you know, those, those connections and that networking can be so amazing in this industry because we're, we're all kind of fighting the same battle. We might as well fight it together. Yeah. And you, and you can relate, you trust each other and you, you touched on, I want to get to the deeper dive question before, before we go, but you touched on, uh, you said you made a comment about how, you know, the news and trucking is starting to, that story that we, we were fortunate and blessed to hear, you know, in, in during COVID and and the 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 honor that was given to the truck driver and the trucking companies and all that they were doing. You're right. That's starting to go away. But you know what you still hear constantly is nuclear verdicts, nuclear settlements. And we can't let that be the narrative. We we're we're way better than that. So I'm glad that you brought that up because we we can't let we can't forget. We can't let the uh the population forget that this is really who we are. The industry is a great, you know, it, it's a great industry to be a part of. And so, um, so yeah, that's a, that was a good point. Yeah. And I'm always telling students and stuff like the truck drivers have a really hard job. They're the superheroes of our industry. So we've got to keep backing them up and showing people, you know, what they do and how important they are. We'll go to a truck driving championships and you'll see yeah. not only, yeah. They're uh, they're also really good at what they do. Um, Amazing. So the the deeper dive question is, uh, you know, uh, this is uh, submitted from a listener. I work for a small family company that is trying to grow, but the fear is that we'll lose the culture that is so attractive to drivers. How can we avoid this from happening while expanding our team? Um, I, I when I saw this question come in, I thought this would be a really good one for you, given that it's so probably closely tied with maybe you know who you are. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I I truly believe that if you establish that culture and you hire and fire based on that culture and make sure that it's continuing, that it's at the forefront, that no matter how 
big you get, um, as long as all of your managers are on the same page and, and they're pushing that culture forward, um, you can still have those those great relationships um, that make you know the culture what it is. So that's so yeah. that's a great that's a great point. You you brought that full circle to yeah. NEOS and to core values again, and I think that's. That's exactly, you know, as great an answer as you could ask for, because if, to your point, if this is the filter by which you hire people through and part ways with people through and with what you live and every decision you make and all of your actions, then it doesn't matter how big you get. That's still your core. Like that is who you are. And so, so very well said. And, uh, and I, I just want to thank you so much for joining us today. Ashley, I, uh, I'm, I'm grateful for your passion, for your leadership, and I know that you're going to be a positive force in the trucking industry for many years to come. Thank you for having me. And thank you for joining me for another episode of Taking the High Road and for spreading the word to your industry peers. We really appreciate it. Remember, you can submit any questions or comments, including those which may appear on upcoming Deeper Dive segments at podcast at driverreach.com. And don't forget to rate and review Taking the High Road, whatever platform you listen. Until next time, thank you for Taking the High Road.